grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from Matthew, the 28th chapter. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Dear friends of Christ, you know, our themes for the past several Sundays have been about sharing our faith. And again, this morning, we continue with that same theme with the Great Commission. But what is a Great Commission? That's what we call this text. It's the Great Commission of the Church. I want you to think about a military commission. You know, when somebody is in, in the military, if you're a uh, I can't remember what that, uh, sergeant, lieutenant, something like that. That's where commissions start and all, of, I mean, and all of the officers above that. And if you're commissioned, they call you forward and they give you, they give you a task, they give you an assignment, they give you a duty. You're a general, you're a major, and you're commissioned. God commissions His church. He commissions you. He commissions me. Listen closely, because what, is, what are we being commissioned to do? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And so, God commissions us to go. Who goes? You go. He commissions you to make disciples. Who makes disciples? Well, that's the pastor's job. You make disciples. He commissions us to teach the Word of God. Who teaches? You teach. You teach your children. You teach your friends. You teach your neighbors. We teach our spouses. We teach each other. And then God commissions us to baptize. Now, did you know we haven't had an adult baptism in this congregation for years? There was a stretch there where we were baptizing adults in this congregation every other year. But that's slowed way down. And it, and it makes me wonder, when Jesus tells us to go, are we willing? How many disciples are we making? And how many are we baptizing into the saving faith? And when we baptize them, are we teaching them effectively? And as you consider all those questions, let's, let's think about our theme, the great commission. Today's Trinity Sunday, and it is odd that our text is about sharing our faith. But again, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, wants you to know how important, how vitally important it is for the life of the church that you know the Great Commission to go into all the world and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Sharing your faith is so, so important. And yet, Sharing our faith is so difficult to do. If you're at school and you're one of our kids and you talk about your faith at school, that doesn't go well. And yet, though it's difficult, we're still being called. But because it's difficult, that's why so many don't want to do it. Because it is difficult. And that's why some people are scared to do it, because it is scary. And with all that doubt, the Great Commission 
is greatly forgotten. Well, the disciples doubted in their ability to carry out the Great Commission too. They didn't think they could do it, and they certainly didn't want to do it. They doubted their ability to go, and so Jesus told those weak-minded, weak-faith disciples of His, before He left, He said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go. You can do this. What, he's, what Jesus is actually saying is, Go. I'll go with you. Make disciples. I'm going to be in your words. I'm going to make sure that this happens. I'm, I will equip you. I will guide you. I will lead you. I will make your words effective. And that's what we talked about last week at Pentecost, how the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church to give the church power to share our faith. To give the church power. And of course, God pours Himself because He gives us His power and authority. If the disciples had doubts regarding their ability to carry out the Great Commission, I'm sure you have doubts about your ability too. In our text, the word for doubt is to be two-minded uh, or have two different opinions or to be double-minded. Have you ever had two thoughts and an opinion? That battle within your mind? And you don't know making a decision is tough? What happens when that battle goes on in your mind? What happens when you can't come to a conclusion? You don't know what to do. You're double-minded. You have doubt. And the doubt paralyzes you. The doubt keeps you from making a decision. And why do we do that? Because we have doubt. Well, doubt also affects how we carry out the Great Commission. If you have doubt, if you have doubt about the Great Commission, you're double-minded on it. I know we should do it, but I'm not sure I want to. And then being double-minded, all that doubt paralyzes us. And in that paralysis, God says, go, and we say, no! <laughs> and yet the commission is clear. Go, make disciples, teach, baptize. And who's to go? Who's to baptize? Who's to make disciples? We're called. And you've been commissioned. But how are we going to find faith? How are we going to find courage? How are we going to find strength to do that? Because it's not easy. How is that going to take place? Well, listen to Jesus' words. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So the question is, do you believe what Jesus says is true? Jesus says, I have the authority to make it happen. I have the power to make it happen. Do you believe he does? Do you believe he has the power, all that, all that authority, all that power to be with you, to guide you, to equip you, the power to commission us, to go, to make disciples, to teach, to baptize? You know, the disciples knew the answer to that because they had seen Jesus' power. They had witnessed firsthand how Jesus could uh, heal people. He made the blind see, the, the, the deaf to ear, the lame to run. He'd go up to dead people and he'd talk, he'd talk to dead people. And the dead people would come back to life. 
Now, when you can talk to a dead person and that dead person comes back to life, you have power and you have authority over sin, sickness, and death. And then the disciples watched Jesus conquer his own death. And he stood before them with the, with the nail marks still in his hands and in his feet and that, and that, that spear room gaping still from, this, from his side. And yet he had the power to live. That power is in us. Because Christ is in us. We are his instruments. He gives us power. Now I want you to think how a drill works. I was going to bring my electric drill. I forgot I knew I would. But you have a drill and I can take a drill and I can put the sharpest bit in that drill. And I can push and nothing's going to happen. And that drill isn't going to drill any holes unless I plug it into the electrical outlet. You plug that drill into its power source and that instrument, that we call it a tool, will do what it was created to do. You give that instrument, you give that tool power, and it'll drill holes in things. And that's the way it is for us in our lives, because consider this, we are instruments of the Lord. And we're powerless alone. We are powerless and left alone, we have every reason to doubt that we would not be able or have the ability to carry out the Great Commission. Left alone. However, we're not alone, are we? God is with us with His power and authority. And we are instruments of the Lord. We are able to do what the Lord created us to do. We're able to do what the Lord says He's going to make happen among us. And Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I can do this. Did you pay attention to our Old Testament lesson? Kind of hard not to, right? Genesis chapter 1, the creation of the world. God spoke everything to existence. God the Father was there creating. God the Son was there speaking. Let there be light. God the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. And I want you to think about the power that it took to create everything out of nothing. Let there be. And all that power and all that authority is what he gives us. And God uses that power to help us, to equip us, to go, to make disciples, to baptize, and to teach. Isaiah learned the lesson of God's power too. He was... God gave him a vision, and he saw the holy angels, and the angels were singing, holy, 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 and then God appears, and, and, and God has a question, whom shall I send? Who will go for me? Remember how Isaiah responded? Here I am. Send me. Now, he wasn't bragging. He wasn't boasting. He wasn't being conceited. He just had confidence. He had confidence that the God who has power and authority was going to give him the power and authority to be able to say the right words and accomplish the Lord's purpose. The early Christians prayed for this ability, this power, this enablement, this strength 
to be able to share their faith with the right words. And they, they prayed. And we can find the early Christians' prayer in the book of Acts. Lord, as the people, the, their opponents wanted to kill them, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Give us boldness to speak. Do you have that prayer quite frequently? You wake up in the morning and say, I haven't shared my faith today. Lord, give me boldness to speak. And that's the first thing you think, right? I need boldness to speak. This is the, this is the commission. i got to wake up today. Boldness to speak, Lord. That prayer doesn't come out of our mouths, does it? Or out of our minds. Or out of our hearts. These are the Christians who pray for it, and that's why they had the courage. That's why they had the courage to speak up about their faith, even in the face of opposition and death. God equipped them for the Great Commission, and God equips us too, no differently. We are His instruments. He works through us. You know, what's, that, what amazing power we also have in the blessing of holy baptism. And it's in holy baptism that God brings infants to God and, and puts His name on them and calls them His children, brings them into, into His life and and. In the name of God the Father, in the name of God the Son, in the name of God the Holy Spirit, God puts His name on them. And we, we learn about this in Galatians chapter 3. You are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you have been who have been baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Baptism wraps us with this, with this cleansing robe of righteousness, covers the darkness of our sin. Titus says, he saved us through the washing of rebirth, that's baptism. Through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, when he poured out on us, poured out that water on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that we can wake up every morning. I can wake up every morning and say, I am a baptized child of God in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God wants every person on the planet to be able to wake up every morning and say that. I am a baptized child of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And God's Word has the power to do that too. And we've been commissioned. We've all been given the great commission to make disciples by teaching them everything that God has commanded us to teach. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you remember? You remember what Jesus promised before he ascended to heaven? He said, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit takes what God reveals and he uses us as his instruments to spread it to the world. Jesus invites us. No, Jesus, Jesus commissions us. No, Jesus, Jesus commands us. To go, to share, to make disciples, to teach, and to baptize. He tells us to speak the truth, and boy, the truth is not easy to talk, talk about, is it? People don't want to hear the truth. Perhaps people don't want to, don't want to hear it because it talks about their sin, and talks about the fact that if they don't turn to Jesus, they won't live, that they will die forever, that they will be condemned. But we're to talk about sin and what Jesus did. Jesus did. He talked about sin. You remember what he said? Out of the heart 
comes evil thoughts and murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. That's what's coming out of all your hearts, your wicked people. Jesus thought that Jesus taught that unforgived sinners come to a dreadful end. And he said they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous will go away to eternal life. You know, God's message is clear. We're sinners, and without the blood of Jesus, we're lost eternally. Without God sending His Son who shed His blood, there would be no salvation for broken and lost people. And He is able to save us because He has all power and He has all authority from the God of the universe in His blood to save us. And He's commissioned us to teach that to everybody else. So God wants the world to believe in His Son the Son that He sent us to be saved. And God wants the whole world to confess with the Apostle Paul, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And God's Word has tremendous power. It converted Paul's heart, turned him uh, from being a persecutor, a killer of Christians, to being the greatest advocate of the faith in the history of the world. It changes hearts. God's Word changes the hearts of unbelievers. It makes disciples. Are you still doubting? Is your soul still paralyzed? Listen to the words of Jesus, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, these may be difficult times. They certainly are. These are challenging times, dark days, evil days. We see the evil all around us, but Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is with you. And He's always with us to the very end of the age. Here's a picture that Jesus uses to kind of describe His eternal presence with His people. From Ephesians 1 it says, And God placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church, which is His body. The fullness of Him fills everything in every way. He's with us. He's with you to empower you, to equip you, to go, to make disciples, to teach, and to baptize. Still paralyzed? Still filled with doubt? Consider the words from Isaiah, which is God's word, who says, So do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous hand. Kristen's mom, Ruth Baumgarten, my mother-in-law, as she was facing her last days on earth, understood the Great Commission. And it was precious to watch her on her breathing. Not She had it on oxygen. Her lungs weren't working any longer. She fought for every breath, but when a nurse came into her room, she'd say, do you go to church? Do you believe in Jesus? And she took the opportunity for everybody who would walk into her room before she left this earth to be able to take that opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work through her. That was her legacy, and that's how she carried out the Great Commission. 
How are you forging your legacy? Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.